Let's get going. A good to Let's go. Freilich and Sunday. Today's daf is daf mem zayin, page forty-seven. Then we are on daf mem zayin in the middle of a fascinating sugya. We're up to reish lakish. The two dots about ten lines from the top of the amud. That's right. <laughs> Cannonballs. Yeah, we all over the place. Let's go. Zok the gemara reish lakish zavan nafshe leludoi. Reish lakish sold himself to the people of Lud. Look at the top tisis. Very top tesis. This before he did tshuva, but listen, he obviously was no, <laughs> no dummy. Was no dummy. If he already would have had been in a position of from of being a teredikayid, he wouldn't have dealt in this fashion. I believe this is a very halakhic tesis. As you're going to see, what Rishlakish did, Okay, you'll say very practical. But despite the fact that it's practical, Taisva says, if he already would have been a, a Torah Jew, he still wouldn't have done this. And I find this very interesting because he did such a, uh, it seems to be a, such a simple, dimple thing. Now the, <coughs> these Ludai people were cannibals. Shaka Badei While he sold himself to these people, he took along a bowling ball inside of a pouch, pretending like it was his belongings. Amari said, Gemiri, I know the way these people work. Remember, he was a very experienced bandit. He says, I know these Ludai people. To Yuma Basra, they have a minug. On the last day, when they're about to kill the guy, called the boy Minayu of delay, they give him their last, their final meal, you know, their last wish. Because then the person tastes better. If a person goes to his death, Mamish, Tzafridin, Gizon, Tah, so then his meat tastes much better. So Yuma Basra, was his, he sells himself to them, but he's got a plan. Now this is a risky plan, but he said, last day, Amrulei, so they say to Rish Lakish, no, my nichale, how can we make you happy? Amar Lehu, he says, oh, I'll tell you what, akam tinchu there's nothing more that I like doing since I'm a big time bandit. Nothing more I like doing than beating people up. My last will is that I should be able to tie you guys up and punch you in the face. I got to hit you guys twice. One full hit and one half a hit. Then, ah, I can go to my death, mamish, content, and with a smile, and I'll taste delicious. So they said, okay, it's a deal. So he tied them up, walked over each one, took his bag with this big heavy rock, whacked them over the head, and knocked them unconscious. And then he he uh, clenched his teeth together again, yeah. And Omar lay, and he's uh, um, Omar lay. So he said, "Are you laughing at me?" I still uh, get a second hit, even if it's a half a hit. And when this guy started uh, making faces at him, he ended up killing them all. Nafak va'asa, and he headed back home. Okay, Yosef ka'achil v'shasi. Reish Lakish, you should know the way he lived, and it's I'm very inter- it's very interesting for me to uh, for us to know that the story's over, but the Gemara seems to connect this to Reish Lakish's style. Now remember, this was his style even before he did tshuva. He would sit and he would eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Now we know that in regular context, this seems to be a foolish thing. Like it's not a teradikah thing. Eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow you're going to die anyway. You don't live your life, but. There's an MS to that. 
There's an MS to not being concerned about tomorrow. There's an MS to it. Listen to this. Yosid Kachel Vashasi, Rishlakish every day would sit and eat. Omrul Barte, his daughter said, like, boys, Midi Lemizgale, what about retirement? Papa, why, why do you spend what you have now? Omrul, he said, Biti Krise Kare, he said, my stomach is my mattress. What does he mean by that? He says, why should. Remember, today, I forgot where I heard this phrase, it's not for me. Today is the tomorrow that we worried about yesterday. Right? A year ago, we were worried about what's going to be today. So today is that tomorrow that we're all nervous about. Rishlakish lived his life where, and this is even before he did tshuva apparently, where he spent what he had. He spent what he had. He wasn't always nervous about the future. Now this is not condoning uh, being wasteful. But he said, I, I don't live my life in a way where I'm always concerned about it. And when he passed away, he had a cob of saffron that was left behind for his yarshim of very limited value, not much. And, and he still said, I regret even having that kav. Shlomo Melech tells us, and we learn through this now in, in Kahelis, that, that uh, <laughs> you see, the Kotzka Rebbe would say, I ask people why they keep working when they have enough for retirement already. And they say for their children. So I ask their children why they're working. And they say they're working for their, their children. So I'm waiting for this one kid that the whole world is working for. Everybody's working for this one kid. What's the idea? The idea is the same way that I need to work in life, so do my children. That's it. It's not, the Avaida is not to leave behind for the kids. Now you could, you could help them, you could set them up and, and establish if a person's able. But it's not the, the aside, the Rebbe didn't create a world in a way where you always need to be scared about leaving behind for, for, for the next, and then, and then for the next. People also have, they have their own yichelis, their own talents, their own, their own abilities. So there's this, there's this two truisms, and you have to know when to prioritize each one. On one hand, there's a truism of like, what, like, what are you doing? Like, why, why do you need to leave? Why do I need to work for Yenim? You raise Yenim, and they can do it on their own. On the other hand, on the other hand, you can't be an idiot. Right, a person is not allowed to give away too much money to tzedakah. Not to give away yisur mechaimish, because then you might have to come on to others. So a person is mechuyev to make sure they have enough for themselves, but not have to come on to uh, to other people. I know somebody currently in my life, a very highly good person. Um, you know them too, right? And uh, one one of their things is they don't want to pass away with money in the bank. They, they, you know, they want to. It, I, it's very very closely connected to this approach of reish lakish. Okay. Rajan said this regards to witness. Right? Because the high alma is going to disappear. It's like a, a banquet hall. Yeah. So you with the mitzvahs. Right. Yeah, you got to grab what you have now and then, uh, and then do it. We may not be I, here. Listen, we're all, we're all old enough to know. Some of us have experienced this, some haven't. I personally have experienced it very often when people do keep working to leave behind for their kids. It's what they've worked their whole life to do that leads to the biggest problems for the inheritors. There's times where you mamas want to do your kids a taiva, you want to do your family a favor, and it turns out that what you leave behind for them is, is the, it's, it's the worst thing for the family. It leads to tension, it leads to machlaikas, it leads to... And if there wouldn't be anything there, everybody would just be fine. Everybody would get along, they also have jobs, they're also, you know, they're also responsible people, they have families too, but then... 
we try to do something so good and then it comes out mamish. This is what Shlam Hamalach writes in Kehelis. He says, even if a person earns for the next generation, you have no control over what it's going to do. You don't know. You don't know whether it's going to be spent wisely, whether it's going to be spent foolishly, whether it's going to lead to Machlechus, whether it's going to lead to Shalom. You have no control over it. So what are you doing? We spend, a year, we spend years of our lives to run after something which is not even, which is, which, which is not even, uh, uh, we don't even know if it's a bracha. All right, Zakta Mishnah. Hamaychra said, "Lavi Gacham Brzez is field and Eretz Altu and Lavi Gacham Leilech maybe maybe Bikurim." He has to purchase the Bikurim and bring to the Beis Hamikdash. Be pleitik or no? Elam for the benefit of the world. He so a yid who owns land in Eretz Yisrael has to bring Bikurim. Now I sell it to a guy. That lucky is even after it's sold to a guy, I'm obligated to purchase the first produce, and I have a mitzvah to bring Bikurim to the bet. Hamikdash, and now from here on forth, the rest of today's daf is going to focus on the mitzvah bikurim. All right, you have to do that as it says tikkunolam. But is that because the guy never really owns it since it was an iser to sell it? Good. Or is it because good? We'll see. To keep well, you from selling it because it's going to cost you money every year. Good. We'll see. We'll see. Let's, we'll, we'll see in the Gemara what, what the ultimate reason. And Rashi already does start hinting. Does we want to look in Rashi? Rashi says that. Yeah, even at high value. We Rashi on the Mishnah. Yeah, second Rashi. It's kind of like a decree. We don't want it to become commonplace. We want we want people to buy, be inspired to buy the fields back. So if it's going to cost them money. By the, uh, we'll, know, we'll, we'll buy the field back. Now, the reason why I said wait for the Gemara is because we're also going to find a concept as you move along of Yoivel. The fact that every 50th year, land goes back to a really means that Israeli land is never fully sold. It's a long-term lease at times. So that's also going to be another element as to what, what is called, you know, what, what's called ownership. If I rent something so I have rights to it, am I the owner? <coughs> what if it's a longer rental? <coughs> Excuse me. What if it's a lease? Yeah, so it's interesting. Like, is, is Israeli land is always called a lease? Like, is the yid always owning it? Or is it called, like, a takasolta geis? It's interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to touch on this shtickle as you move along. Even though a guy cannot have a full-fledged kinner, to remove it from the chiyuv of ma wa 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 Meaning, if a guy purchases land in Eretz Yisrael, there is a continued chiyuv on the land of Miser. So you have a you have a guy who takes land, he buys land. Is he going to separate Miser? Nope. I buy the produce from him. I need to separate myself. All right. Where does this come into play? For us. You go into schnooks. Right. There's an issue. You go into schnooks. And there's peppers there that say it's Israeli produce. You have a big problem. You have a big problem. And you run into a bigger issue when it comes to Shemitah. Okay. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar. I skipped. I'm sorry. Left game on a Meiser. Shinamarat says, Ki Lihar, the land is mine, says Rebbe Shem, Li Kedush Aretz. The Kedusha Veritzol is always there. You can't mess with it. But a guy can have ownership in Eretz Yisrael as far as what? With his ability to dig wells and use it and change it around 
from producing fruits and now make it a, a source of water. But so to an extent, Eretz is Liha Aris says Baruch is always kedusha, but you're allowed to like to change it around. Now, why why would he do that? Maybe to you know he, he realizes that uh, Yidden aren't purchasing his produce because now they have to take meisers. So what does he do? He starts turning it into a well, a, a water source. The guy can have a Kenyan an acquisition meiser. And there's no chiyamayshin avar de gancha. Your grain is mechoyevin meiser. Vladi ganav not the grain of an anju. Avalinkin levi kacham beretzol. But if a guy has land there, so he's not considered ownering it. Lach for baboy resichinu marish namar lashem or it's my commitment. What's my chayges? Marsov de gancha. Vladi ganav kachavim. Marsov de gancha. Vladi ganav kachavim. Your grain and not the and not the uh, guy's grain. Okay, so let's say you have grain which is which is uh, completed under the Ayved Um There's going to be a chiyuv meiser. Amar Rabba, Rabba says, How do I know this halacha? The time we learned in the Mishnah, halakat shichva peyosh lavi kacham. If you have a lakat shichva peyosh, the chiyuv of tzlaka when it comes to land, chayovim b'meiser. There's a chiyov in Meiser, Elam Kain Hifkir, unless he made them ownerless, the same halacha that would apply by a Jew. If somebody makes the land ownerless, there's no chiyov Meiser. Why? Because remember, uh, the chiyov to give Meiserishan to a Levi is only mechuyiv in any land, she'en lo'i chilek v'nachala imach. Only land that, doesn't, that the levy doesn't have a chilek and a nachala with you. And if it's ownerless, it's considered like the levy has a chilek v'nachala imach, and therefore there's going to be no chiyuv of maiser rishon. Mafkarei v'kaime. Let's say it's already, um, it's already uh, hefker. So why would I think there's going to be a chiyuv to get stuck from something you don't own? Like a shekopei. Rather the case is where there is an owner, but the owner is a non-Jew. And you have Yisrael, who's the one doing the uh, doing the collecting. So what happens is like this: you have, Israel, you have a non-Jew who owns land in Eretz Yisrael. He leaves behind lekat shechupeya, and the yid comes <coughs> and collects it. So here's the here's the deal. Chaver, listen closely. It's beautiful. If the guy is considered to be a regular owner who has lekat shechupeya. Uh, an obligation to give the stucco when the non when the Jewish poor guy comes and collects like a shechampeya that yid that poor guy has no chiyuv a meiser no chiyuv a meiser from tzedakah money but if the guy had no chiyuv of like a shechampeya so now when the yid goes and he's collecting from from the from what the guy left behind it's not really it doesn't really have the status of like a shechampeya huh well unless he lets him have it unless he's leaving it for him right. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it, you're right. It also can't be, what you have to add in here, it's going to be a strange case, because it can't be that the, the guy made it Hefker either, because he's looking at a miser from Hefker. So it has to be like where he's just kind of uh, giving it over. Yeah. So, um, where are we up to? Um, uh, 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 no, come on. Amar Rabba. Let's go back. 
two lines. Let's restart a statement. Yeah? What's the case? If you can tell me that the yid on the field and the non-Jew is going and collecting it, what do you mean? ownerless. the case must be where the the lekachichapeya is owned by a guy and a yid is coming ahead and collecting. Taima, the reason why there's no chiyuv to Take my sir is the hifker because it came from hefker. Hello, hifker. But let's say it would not have come from hefker chayiv. If let's say even though it's owned by a non-Jew, you see that there would be a chiv to take my sir even from fields that a guy owns in Eretz Yisrael. The case really is where the yid owns the field and the non-Jew is the one coming and collecting. The non-Jewish poor guy. You said, I it's Hefker. Why is there here Meiser? Because the owner left it with the assumption, with the Hefkeros, that it's going to be collected by a Yid. This is such a beautiful Yisrael. If a person, a Yid, a Hilig Yid, has a choice where his stock of money ends up. Should it end up in the hands of a Yid or end up in the hands of a guy? Obviously, he wants it to end up in the hands of a Yid. That's the number one place where our stock of money goes to. The Shulchan Aruch does Paskin. You're allowed to use my some money for a guy as well because of Eva. So it shouldn't lead to, uh, shouldn't lead to hatred. But the Maisa, we have to prioritize our stockers amongst our Meshpacha. So we got to start with the family. Purchased the land from a non-Jew. Actually, if it hasn't, the, if the produce has not yet grown a third, and he gives it back when it's already a third. Once produce reaches a third of its growth, it's already considered grown enough that there's a chiyav meiser. Now, remember, the Yisrael owned the land, sold it to Avikachavim. It wasn't yet grown. Um, I'm sorry, he bought it from Rebbe and then it grew a third in the hands of the Yisrael. So by the time it was in the hands of the Yid, there's a Chiyav Meiser, even if he sells it back, the Chiyav Meiser is going to remain in place. If it grew a third, then there's a Chiyav Meiser. Otherwise not. Now you see from over here that the produce of a field that's non-Jewishly owned has a chi, uh, I'm sorry, is going to be Patera Meiser. Right? Because here we're making a difference if it's by the hands of Yisrael when it became Chiv. Otherwise, there's no Chiv Meiser because it's in the hands of a guy. By his land in the hand of a guy, there's no Chiv Meiser. Achamayaskino, what are we answering? What are we dealing with over here? We're not dealing with regular Israeli land, rather Bissoria. We're dealing with Sarevika Savar, Kivosh Yachid, Loishme Kivosh, Dabra Malachwet, and he decided to conquer Surah. Surya has Kedusha, but not the same level. That we had with the land conquered in the times of Yehoshua and the old Kibush Yachid Lashme Kibush. It's not going to be considered to have the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Lamaisa says the Gemara to answer, you have no proof from the Brisa that land owned by a guy in Eretz Yisrael is no Chiyav Meiser. That's Surya. By Surya will agree is no Chiyav Meiser. But maybe land that comes prior, from the, already from the times of uh, Yehoshua, there would be a Chiyav Meiser. The Yid and the non-Jew who co-own a field, top of We view it like it's Tevel and Chulin mixed together. Okay, what does this mean? So, 
How do you view, if you have a yid and a guy, how do you view this 50-50 partnership? Do we say 50% owned by a yid, 50% owned by a guy? Separate piles, separate produce. Or do we say each part of the produce is 50% owned by a yid, 50% owned by a guy? How do you view it? Rebbe says, Rebbe. Rebbe says each piece is, is, half, is chatzi chatzi. Each piece is half and half. Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamil says, I become his potter, but Mishal Yisrael is Chayim. Remember this, Shas wide Machoikas. Do we say, Yesh Breira, there is retroactive separation or not? The fact, listen, whether you say this is Hulin and this is Tevel, which means it's a Chia Meiser, whether you say each piece is Hulin and Tevel, no matter how you cut your cake, everybody's in agreement that whatever's owned by the guy has no Chia Meiser. Vaista, it's got to be that land owned by a guy in Eretz Yisrael has no Chia. Says Gemara, Hachanami Besoria, Kusava Kibish Yachal Lashma Kibish. All right, another wiggle. Yeah, another another way we got out of the question. So all we're coming out with so far, Halacha Lamaisa, is what's the deal with Surya? In Surya, we know Gaiish owned land does not have Kedusha. Ken Zain, though, it's still possible, we don't know yet. Is we still need to finagle. Land from Yeshua. Maybe it's an impossible to remove the Kedusha, right? Maybe the Kedusha is so mamish, takes over the whole land, even if it's owned by a guy, maybe there would be a Chiyam Maiser, we don't know yet. Om Chiyam Aravin, Chiyam Aravin says, Tashmak Amalisin, Amay Chazdei Lev Gachavim, somebody sells his field to a non-Jew, like Echem Evi Bikurim, he's got to buy it back and bring Bikurim. This was our mission of Ebnei Tikin for the benefit of the world. Ebnei Tikin Ayla Min, the only reason why you got to bring it is for the benefit of the world, but that seems to imply that what? Me Dairai Soloi, there's no Chiyam Bikurim by land that's owned by a non-Jew. Must be that non-Jewish own land does not have chiyuvim of these gifts. Only because Tikkun Island we did it. Ravashi state There's two degrees. Make In the beginning, it was midiraisa that you need to buy back the bikurim. Maybe. Okay, it was a biblical approach. Why would it be that there's a chiyuv of midiraisa? Because the land has Kedusha. Kivan the Chazu, the Kamikrim is But now here was the problem. Since they were still bringing Bikurim, the Yidin were less hesitant to sell their fields. They're like, oh, it's still going to be, you know, the Kahanim are still going to get this stuff, and the Levim are going to get this stuff, everyone's going to get this stuff. The Savri Bidushayu Kaiman, the Kedusha is going to remain even if I sell it to a guy. So what's the big deal? They made a decree, Deloy Laisu. They should not bring Bakur. Now, again, we learned that Chacham have a Kayach of Shaval Taisa. They could, like we have by Lula, like we have by Shaifer on Shabbos, right? We don't do these things even though. <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> even though the Torah says there's a Chiv, Chacham could be Pokayet, Bishaval Taisa. Akiva, the Chazam, the Mandalay Sagilay Mazvin. And then what happened was the next stage of the the next stage they saw that people who needed money would still sell their field to the Goyim. And now what would happen? The Goyim would own it. 
plus there was no Bikurim, so they put back that the original Din Dairaisa should come into play. Okay. Itmar, we learned. Hamachas de la Peris, a person sells his field just for pay rice, which means he holds on to the ownership of the land itself, of the soil itself. And he's just selling the produce. Rabbi Yechanan says, maybe Vikairei, whoever owns the produce is the one to bring it and say the, and say the Psukim of Bikurim. He brings it, but he doesn't read it. Now, listen, usually you own the land and you own the produce. Over here, I sold the produce. So who's the one who's going to bring it? So everybody agrees the buyer brings the question whether the buyer's going to be able to make a bracha. Not make a bracha. Whether he's the one who recites the psukim. Rabbi Yechanan says that the, the one who owns the produce, the one who brings it and says the psukim, can you pair his kidnap goof He says, listen, Mami, she said this, beauty, beauty. If you own the produce, you own the field. You have to know what's the tachlis. What's the tachlis of the soil? Whatever it could produce. That's what life is. That's what it does. So if you have the produce, if you have the creation of the tafkid of the field, you own the field. Everything else, the other ownership is just mental gymnastics. All right, punk, you don't have it, but you have usage. The tachlis of hachayim, the purpose of life is to have usage, is to have productivity. So if you have the productivity, you have everything. That's Rabbi Yechina. Rishlakish Amar, Rishlakish's beloved brother-in-law, Chavrusa says, Yes, the one who, who purchased the produce is the one who brings it, but he does not say the psukim. He says, Owning the fruit is not like you own the actual soil. Okay? So he, he's argued, you cite this to Gamachlekes. You cite this to Gamachlekes. The produce brought down the halal. What do you mean? It says... Oh, never mind. Sorry. It's a different letter. Well, we'll see. Say, right. say, so Rabbi Yechon, who says that the land follows the produce. Says, Rabbi Yechon, holds a dozen. When it comes to Bikurim, it's for your house, Malam, and it's teach you, a person brings the Bikurim from his wife's field, and he reads it. Now, a woman comes into marriage with Nixay Maluk. She owns the soil, she owns the property. The husband gets the produce. You see, the one who purchases the produce is the one who does everything, says Rabbi Echanan. says Reish Lakish to Rabbi Echanan, shiny awesome. It says, Beferush, you bring it for you, for your household. That's your, that's your wife. So there you have a separate Xeris HaKosov, or not separate, but built into the Xeris HaKosov. To the verse stating, when I need to bring Bikurim, <clears throat> it's for my wife too, but maybe by somebody else who says it's the same thing. And those who say, asked the challenging question on his beloved brother in Only by a wife do you bring in because Why do you say? That everybody reads the Psukim when they bring Bikurim. It's not true. Only when you do it not from your wife's field. Zokrei Shlokesh Secha is a riot to me. It's a proof to me that you don't do it by everybody else. Amalei Rabbi Yechanan says, He says, no. I hold that that's punked what the Torah is telling me. The fact the Torah says, 
that when your wife is nechshem elug and you bring produce from her property, you still say the bekurim. I'm using that as a source to every time that you don't own the property. That's like a binyanat. I'm going to use that as my source to uh, uh, that it's not unique to your wife. Now the ishtay kegufa idea, ishtay kegufa idea. Probably, I'm just thinking now. Is different by nechshem elug. It because it's because that, that's the chiddush of maluk. Right. Okay. <coughs> that's a challenging question. Somebody's traveling on the road to Bikurei Ishta, Biyadis holding the Bikurim of his wife in his hand. He hears that his wife dies. Now here's the issue: when a woman passes away, when she brings maluk nechsei maluk into the marriage, the husband now owns the property. He's going to inherit the nechsei maluk. Maybe Vikari. She's going to bring and read it. Now, there's, here's the problem. Ready? Only if she dies. in. Only if she's dead. You read it. Like Mesa Loi. Yeah? Says Gabara, who didn't die for like Mesa. No. There's no difference. He's on the road. No difference whether she died or didn't die. Either way, you're going to read it. So why'd you say she died? It's a chiddush if she passed away while he was gone on his way to bring the Quran. Why? I would have thought to say. Let's make a decree that he's not allowed to recite the Pesukim because of Rebbe Yisrochanina's reasoning. Rebbe Yisrochanina said, If somebody sends his Bikurim in the hands of a messenger and the messenger passes away, so now what's going to happen? Who's going to bring the Bikurim? The original owner. Right, the guy sends a shliach. Please go to the base of mikdash, do the whole process of bikurim. The shliach dies. Now the owner doesn't have a shliach. He's going to go and do it himself. The halacha is ready for this. Maybe ve'inay kairi says Rabbi Yehi Rabbi Chanina, you will not say the pesukim. Why not? Shenavar v'lokachta, you will take the bikurim from your field ve'hevesa and you shall bring it. Which means actually the kichabav v'bech. You have to fully bring it. You have to bring it to the base of Mikdash. I'm sorry, you have to bring it from your land to the base of Mikdash in order to say Sukkah. Since over here you have two different people. The Shliach brought it and then passed away. And now the owner is the one who's doing the process. No Pesach. No, no uh, yeah, they don't read the Sukkah. Kamash Milan, the Bryce lets us know we don't agree with the halacha of Rebbe Rebbe Hanina. And even if his wife dies... He's still going to recite the Pesukim Vazla Tamayo. Both Rabbi Yechon and Rishlakish are consistent with their own reasoning. Somebody sells his field. Top of tomorrow's daf is Mancha Yoivel. Here we go. It's getting to Yoivel over here. Person sells his field at a time where Yoivel is Nayeg, where we have a custom of Yoivel. Rabbi Yechon and Amar Mevi Rabbi Yechon says, You're going to bring Bikurim and read it. Now, why would I think otherwise? Because again, when we're doing Yoivel, everything's just a long term lease. You never fully own something. Whenever there's Yaival that's being observed, we don't read the Psukim. He says, produce is like owning the land. He says, Kinyan Peres is not considered Kinyan Aguf, and therefore you're not going to recite the Psukim because you don't own the fields. Let's just wrap up this Machlaikas, then we'll hold it here for today. And I need. Both the cases of of uh, that we learned on Daf Mem Zayin, where a person sells his field for the produce and not the soil, 
and for the case of Yovel. It seems to be the same thing, right? Because Yovel, Lechaira, is the same exact case as selling only produce. You're going to get the land back. Nachon? Yeah, yeah? So why do I need both cases? Where one case, we have, they, they argue when I sell the Paris and not the Karka. And then they argue when I sell the Paris during the time of Yovel. It's basically the same thing. Says you want to know. Both situations are important. If I only said the case that we had on Daphne Zion where you sell the produce without the land, says, that when the owner, that, that when the, that says, you don't say the psukim, that when the guy purchased the produce, his intent was only produce. It's stipulated. There's a stipulation in the document. You are getting the fruit, you're not getting the soil. The, the soil. And therefore, there's no psukim. When you purchase the land during a time where yoyvel is being followed, you don't say, I own the fruit, not the land. No. You own everything. Punk, this is the long-term lease. The land's going to have to go back. <coughs> and therefore, I would say, maybe during a time of yoyvel, you do recite the psukim. Okay. And if I would have only said, the psukim says, halacha... By Yaivel, I would say and that's where Bichinan says you 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 uh, say the psukim and the peris and the land go together of But when you sell the produce without the land, I would say he agrees to reish talkish. They don't say psukim. Therefore, neither machlekes both by Yaivel and when you sell the produce and not the land. We'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.